a couple weeks ago a little phrase we've said every sermon. In a trendy world, the best things are timeless. The first week we took a look at how our relationship with God and how we need to understand that God loves us and that God's love for us is timeless. Last week we took a look at a topic we don't like to talk about, tithing. We took a look how that should be timeless. There should be a timeless obedient that we follow and that we obey. Today to end this series, we're going to look at something that I believe God wants to give every one of us, and he wants us to be timeless for us. But a couple timeless things happened this week to me, and um, the, the funny thing is sometimes I think we overlook how precious little moments in our lives are. And since I've been in the ministry, there's like two timeless things that never disappear. One is I always get a joke said to me. Well, you only work one day a week. Now, my mom used to really believe that, by the way, until my ministry really got going and she doesn't see me quite often. But then the other timeless thing happened Friday night. We're driving back from Canton. I get to Lake Mohawk. I wasn't stopped exactly on the white line, I guess, at the stop sign. And so as I went through the stop sign, I saw that the Lake Patrol followed me out. And it took him a couple minutes, and finally he pulled me over. And my sticker, he also pulled me over because the little sticker you get from the government was crinkled up, and he couldn't see it. So as he's walking up to the car, I'm getting in my wallet to pull out my license. And in the back seat, Luke goes, Dad, pull out your preacher's card and get out of this thing. <laughs> and you know what's amazing? Those little timeless moments. You've all had them with your kids, haven't you? They've said something that you will never, ever forget. And with Luke, it's a daily occurrence. And, and, and the thing is, it's amazing, though, is those timeless things you put in the back of your mind and they never go away. And for every one of us in this room, you have a timeless moment. A moment that will never leave your mind, a moment that's always there. Well, today we're going to talk about a timeless thing that God wants to give us. We've been talking about tithing. We've been talking about giving your talents and your life to God. I believe God wants to give every one of us something because he knows what the root of all evil is. God understands what money does to human beings. God understands how Satan uses it to drive us. God understands how it can ruin us in a heartbeat. And God wants to give you something timeless, financial freedom. He wants you to have the ability to have financial freedom. He wants you to understand that how precious that is. He wants you to understand that he doesn't want you to be bound by credit card debt, bound by college loan debts, bound by automobile debts, bound by a mortgage. The thing is, we allow money to drive us. We allow it to make us work 80 hours a week so we can just get by. We get those little cards in the mail, credit cards. We go and borrow money because we think that's what we need to do. And God sits back and God sees what happens, though, that it becomes what drives us. Financial freedom is timeless. 
God doesn't want to see his people or his church bound by something. God wants to see us to have the ability to trust him and to live every day. To be free from it. I've heard something said a lot when it comes to the church. And I even heard it said once last week. Well, Kenny preached about money Sunday. And here's the statement I hear a lot. The church just wants my money. The church just wants my money. I hear that quite often. I've met some people who won't come to church because they believe that's why the church exists. But can I ask you something kind of goofy, though? Why do we say that when God is the one that gives us all the blessings? Sometimes we don't give to the church because we don't like what the church does. Well, here's the reality. Put that out of your mind a little bit. I'm not trying to be coy with that statement. It's about understanding all your blessings come from who? God. Your blessings don't come from the church. They come from God, and God uses the church, who are made up of what? Imperfect people. Imperfect people. God uses them, uses us. God wants you, though, to be free. Here's the thing that gets me, though. We have no problem letting Home Depot or Lowe's have our money, do we? We have no problem letting Olive Garden have our money on a Friday night. We have no problem letting certain other companies or individuals to have our money. Our church doesn't want something from you. Our church wants something for you. We don't want something from you. We want something for you. What do we want for you? We want a relationship with Jesus Christ for you. We want you to build relationships inside his church body for you. We want you to have financial freedom for you. So you're not tied down by this world, and this world doesn't have you. We're going to take a look at one simple little verse, and it's actually Proverbs 22, 7b. It's the second part of that verse, and it is seven words, seven words. And the borrower becomes the lender's slave. The borrower becomes the lender's slave. When I got out of college, I was not money smart. When I got out of college, I had a college loan waiting for me, waiting for me. I don't know how young people do it today with student loans. Took me 10 years to get mine paid off, 10 years. And that loan was waiting. And that loan was a big loan payment every month. So I thought, I'm going to get around this, being a young college kid. The bank says, why don't you get a credit card? Oh, bad thing to let a college kid living in Sandusky, Ohio, to get a credit card. Not good. Quickly ran it up, thinking I'd be able to pay it off every month. I became a slave to the lender. What was I working for every week? 
to make sure I could get the college bill paid off, make sure I could get this paid off, that paid off. Thought I needed a new car. And all those things started to catch up. My son Colin made a purchase yesterday, and the last thing I asked him before he made his first big purchase was, are you sure you can get it paid off quickly? Quickly. I said, you have no excuse. You live at home. You don't buy food. Trust me, he doesn't buy food. <laughs> said, we just ask you to pay your car insurance, and that's the only bills you got. But can you get this paid off quickly? He goes, well, I want an apartment one day. I said, wait a minute. You just made this purchase. Get this paid off, then think about the apartment. I said, you got it made. You get your clothes clean. You get your meals cooked. What else do you want? And here's the thing. Just get it paid off quickly. Here's the thing. I don't want to see my kids make the same mistakes I make, and I don't want to see them become a slave to the lender. Do you understand that? How many of you in this room understand what I mean, what the proverb, what Solomon writes, and the borrower becomes the lender's slave? I don't want to see you trapped by it. I don't want to see you in it. Dave Ramsey, and many of you was in the course that we did here a couple of years ago, has a famous saying, act your wage. Act your wage. Live within your means. That's a hard concept, isn't it? To live inside what you've been blessed with. Well, this looks good. That looks nice. I don't feel like cooking today. And then it just adds up. And what Dave Ramsey is saying, and what he has said for years is, live inside your wage. Live inside what you are blessed with every week. Every week. You can't pray your way out of a financial mess. Many people think they can just pray and God's going to bless them. No. He'll give you blessings. But you can't just say a prayer to get yourself out of it. You got to allow God and the church to give you tools. That's why every so often here at this church, and we probably should do it more often than we do, we offer a financial peace course. We offer classes to help you understand how to get out of the trouble. It's about understanding that we don't want you trapped. We don't want you inside of it. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to get angry about it. I want you to get angry about being a slave to the lender. I want you to get upset that you're in the situation that you are financially. It took me as a 26-year-old to understand I'm the one who created the mess. Here's my biggest problem with the world today. Nobody wants to take the responsibility. Nobody wants to stand up and say, it's my fault. Everybody comes and says, well, I don't know why they want my money. Well, you took a loan from them. I don't know why the person I'm renting my house from is upset at me that I'm three months behind in rent. Uh, duh. Come on, you're what? Three months. That, that's what gets me about this generation. And, and I'm not being mean, just not this generation. When we say generation, we think of 20 to 30-year-olds. No. All of us on this planet at this time has a dilemma. We don't want to take ownership. We don't understand we're the ones that got us in this situation that we got it into. 
No one deserves to be your God but God. Why do we let money be our God? One of the greatest sermons I ever saw on allowing material objects to be your God was done at Kentucky Christian University on a Wednesday night. It was done by one of the KCU basketball players, a guy by the name of Jeff Kinney. I was a freshman, Jeff was a senior. He stood up to do this amazing sermon. And what he did was, he started to talk about how we allow objects to be our God. And so Jeff took out his car keys, threw them behind him and said, this can't be my God. Jeff took out his wallet, took out a $20 bill, cut it in pieces and said, I can't let this be my God. He took his basketball jersey, an older one, by the way, and said, I can't let this be my God and threw it in a trash can. I have one God. And what we do in this world is we let everything else try to become our God. Only one God deserves to be your God, and he's the one that created this planet. He's the one that gave you breath of life. He's the one that sent his cross or his son to the cross to die for you to the tomb and back to live for you. He is your God. And God stands here ready to help. God stands here to help you not become a slave to the lender. God stands here to help you overcome money issues, overcome other sin problems. Do you understand that God is always here ready to help? God laid out a little plan in my heart this week, and it's not a plan that I originally came up with. It's a plan that I heard about, and it's a plan, you know what, I think I need to share it today. Here's a three-step little plan that might be able to help you on the journey to financial freedom. It's a plan that I want Amy and I to really stick to and implement, but it's really simple. Plan is this. Give, save, live. Give, save, live. Three simple little words. Give, save, live. Here's how the plan works. Right off the bat, give 10%. Give 10%. We talked about that last week. That's a tithe. That's being obedient to God. That is God laying out in his word what he wants from his people. Second thing is save 10%. I know it's hard. I know it's hard to put money back every week. I know it's hard to take money and say, okay, I'm going to save 10% of it. I know it's hard if you make $300 a week and you're going to try to save $30 of it. I know it's hard. But over time, that money's going to be what? There when you need it. There when that project comes up. So you're not doing what? Borrowing it and becoming a slave. Putting it on that plastic card and never getting it paid off. So give, save. And then here's the biggest thing. Live on the rest. Live on the rest. You know what's the greatest thing I'm starting to learn? And, and it's funny like, I tried a new restaurant Friday night. Amy and I and Luke and, and uh, Devon was out. 
it just doesn't taste as good as home food does anymore to me. It doesn't. I was hearing great things about this restaurant. It was good, but it was noisy. You could hardly talk. I'm sitting there going, why are we here? I could have ate a grilled chicken sandwich at the house and would have been just as good as this grilled chicken sandwich. And why do we do that? Why is it when we're out? Well, I'd rather give my money to Chick-fil-A, but that's a different story for a different day. But the thing is, we, we think, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. You know, I had a hard talk with one of my sons who's got a shoe fetish. Thinks every time he needs a new pair of shoes, he's got to buy it. And he goes, look, you just bought Luke a pair. I said, yeah, LeBron James hand-me-downs and once upon a child for 12 bucks. 12 bucks. And you're going out spending 110 bucks. What's the difference? And it's about thinking. It's about understanding. I got to live on what I've been blessed with. And what does this all mean? Maybe get a budget. Maybe figure that out. Figure out what you need to live on, what you need for food. You got to put electric bill in there, house bill in there, everything in there, and then live on the rest. There's certain things already gone every week. Just live on the rest. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to happen overnight because we have been become slaves to the lender. It took a long time. Financial debt, credit card debt adds up day after day, year after year. So it's going to take a long time to get out of it. You got to work at it. You got to trust it. It's not going to be easy, and you got to stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. You know, I stood up here the first week, and I held this up, talking about how we all need the new phones, how we all need the new this. The world every day brings out something new. The new car that you think, ah, might be a little bit better than the one I got. The new phone might be a little bit better than the one I got. The new house. We always got to fight the what. Well, look what the Joneses have. Look. But when we play that game, what starts to happen? Most couples who come into my office for marital counseling, it's not because of an affair. The root all starts with financial problems. That's where it all starts. What did Jesus say? Don't let money do what? Don't let money drive you. Don't let it be your God. Throughout Paul's teachings, there's a little ripple effect about don't let money control you. Don't let it have you. You want to start getting free from Satan? Then don't let money control you. Satan knows on this planet to get us, he's got to let money control us. Control us. I am not perfect when it comes to money. I have made mistakes like everybody else. And I understand what money can do. I can understand how we yearn to have more of it. And here's what I do in my head. Have you ever done this in your head? Well, God, if you bless me with this, man, all the stuff I could do at the church. All the stuff. When that lottery got really big, and my mom plays it when it gets really big, she used to play it all the time. And then my mom did something. 
For 25 years of my mom's life, she would buy a lottery ticket faithfully, faithfully. And then I don't know what happened, but it was about the time that I baptized her. I joked one day when the lottery got up to 100 million with her. I said, well, did you go buy your ticket? Nope, haven't bought one in about eight months. I've been taking that money and saving it. Is this my mom? Did the Holy Spirit convict something in my mom? Now, if it gets up to 500 million, she can't resist. And, and she'll always tell us, if I win, you guys all get part of it. So what do you think happens in my head? What I could do for the church. But isn't that a cop-out from Jesus or from Satan? Jesus wants us to what? Be faithful, earn, trust him. Satan puts seeds in our minds. Think about what you could do with all this. Think about it. But here's the only thing we need. Jesus. The bottom line to this timeless series for the last three weeks is this. I want you to understand how amazing Jesus is in your life. And I want you to trust him with your financial freedom. I want you to love him when you give a tithe. I want you adoring when you go over top of that with an offering. And I want you to understand how nothing in this world is more trendy than the love of Jesus Christ. That's what I want you to understand over the last three weeks. I want you to understand that nothing in this world is better than Jesus. He is timeless, he is amazing, and he will take care of all your problems if you just let him because he's timeless. This morning, the way you start financial freedom is giving your life to Jesus. The way you start walking away from Satan is giving Jesus. Just give him, just take Jesus. Jesus wants you to give him your life, to believe, repent, confess, be baptized. Forgiveness of sins, gift of the Holy Spirit. Let's stand, let's pray, let's sing.